0: 702. The Africa Report with Crystal Oderson. On to this now, six minutes before seven o'clock. Crystal Oderson looking at stories uh, dominating the headlines from the continent. And of course, this Africa Report brought to you by SAA, the ones who fly SAA's growing route network, now flying to Sao Paulo, Brazil, your gateway to South America. Crystal, um, let's start next door in Zimbabwe. I said a little earlier on that uh, we've really had this movie on (laughs) repeat um, for many a year now. And are we going to press play once again?
1: Good morning, Bungani. Great start to the day um, because I've been covering it since 2000 and we spoke about it last week. And you, of course, and we've been looking. You know, looking at what's been happening in the country. And unfortunately, it's going to be a pause button. So voting starts in exactly six minutes, um, that all the, um, The 12,300 polling stations will be opening um, for the next 12 hours. Um, They are going, Zimbabweans are voting, of course, for a new president, several lawmakers, and also local government and municipal leaders. So it's quite a kind of, you know, extensive kind of election. Of course, we have 11 candidates, and there's 6.6 million Zimbabweans that have registered to vote, but we know that. The run up to the election, you know, marred by incidents of violence. The opposition have had difficulty um, to campaign. I think the economic crisis will be a big issue. And one of my all time favorite political analysts, Ibo Mandaza from SAPIS Trust, who coincidentally was the organization that invited Chris Maroling to come and, you know, kind of observe the election as an analyst. And of course, they were deported. Um, You know, he indicated that. You know, if this election was free and fair, Bongani, we could have seen change with an opposition leader, but he doesn't see it. And of course, we're already seeing different reports from human rights organizations, etc., to say that, look, it's not, I don't want to preempt anything, Bongani. But I've seen this movie before.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about Niger now. It's been weeks since the coup. What's the latest? Um, the, the AU has suspended Niger um, with immediate effect over the 26th July coup. Will it help? I think
1: so. Um That was quite the Peace and Security Council announced that yesterday. Um We also know that ECOWAS has, of course, cut aid, um, electricity, and the Prime Minister is still under arrest. So it's almost a month now. Uh, we know that ECOWAS said that um, they you know, have agreed on some sort of military intervention. But I think there's been no clarity on this or exactly the road map Ghani, because I still believe that a prolonged military action in that part of the world is not sustainable. I don't think ECOWAS has the resources. And that's why it's been such a stop-start um, kind of plan. We don't know When is it happening? How is it happening? Um, Because I don't think that ECOWAS members are singing from the same hymn sheet. And of course, it is difficult to have military intervention in a country when we know that Other countries like Burkina Faso and Mali have already indicated they will come and support Niger. I think what's happening now is that the Niger, the the military, you know, they've kind of laid out some plan holding an election within three years. Um, and that, you know, that is their road to democracy. ECOWAS rejecting that. And I think it's going to be interesting to see whether or not the AU um, suspension will mean anything and whether or not ECOWAS will yeah. Announced what form of intervention they will be planning for
0: the country. I suppose that's the problem with red lines in diplomacy. What happens if your protagonist crosses? Let's look now, Nigeria, the president there, Bola Tinubu, only swearing in his cabinet now, Crystal? <laughs>
1: Imagine waiting for three months for Ghani to to swing at cabinet. There's certainly a lot of negotiations. But this is Nigeria Bongani. Anything can happen. Um so we do see that Bolatenuba. Tanuba, you know, he brought in technocrats, former diplomats, obviously a regional, diverse Group of people, 45, this is actually up quite a bit from his predecessor, um, Buhari, who only had 36 ministers. So, of course, the main um, positions, finance going to a former investment banker, the foreign minister is also a diplomat and former ambassador. They've got a lot of things happening. And I do think it's a big task ahead, Bongani, especially around that economy. We, of course, saw Tinuba scrapping that fuel subsidy, removing exchange rate restrictions. The Naira has weakened this insecurity. So the president has his um, work cut and this new 45-member cabinet. But, of course, what's interesting, Bongani, is that Tinuba is the new kind of leader of West Africa. He's the head of ECOWAS. Um, And I think it's interesting that diplomatically Nigeria is getting their space and voice back um, on that kind of international scene after Mm -hmm. years of Buhari not saying much.
0: The note for me is when you said uh, uh, Muhammadu Buhari only had 36 ministers. I think that about says it all. Crystal Alderson has always great stuff.